Well, good morning. It's all right. It's all right. It's good to see so many here at the 11:30. That's exciting. It means we're opening up more and more. I'm super ecstatic about that. My name is Joel. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here. I'm a family pastor, and it's an absolute pleasure that I get to be here with you today. Um, you know, it's not too many time, times in a man's life where he gets to talk to a crowd of people and they listen quietly for 30 minutes. Um, I definitely don't get that at home. I have to come here in order for my wife to come and listen to me for 30 minutes. Uh, but in all seriousness, that's not why you came probably. That's not why I came either, not just to feel better about myself. Um, why I came and why I hope you came as well is that we'd actually hear the words of God and we'd be impacted by the Spirit of God this morning. And uh, yeah, woo, thank you. Uh, I really believe that the words in Scripture uh, illuminated by the Spirit are God's life for us. And so I have the privilege today to finish our I Am series, the series of who does Jesus think he is. Uh, we started with looking at Jesus' statements with Jesus saying that he was uh, the word, then the living water, then the light of the world, then the bread of life, then the gate, then the good shepherd, then the resurrection and the life, and then the way, the truth, and the life. It's been an awesome journey, and I really appreciate Jay and Melissa and how they share those messages with us. And if you haven't caught all of them, I encourage you to go on YouTube, check out Redwood's YouTube, and uh, put those on your playlist because they're definitely worth a listen. So today we end the Jesus I am statements. And today the statement is, I am the vine. I am the vine. So as we get into it, I want to start a little bit differently. Uh, I want to start with a confession. You see, uh, in my house, we have some plants, vegetation, you know, vines. Uh, take a look at some nice plants here. You'll see them on, on the slide online or on the screen here in person. It's a nice photo, right? You know, sun coming through the front window on the end table. It's almost like Instagram-worthy, you know, posting it. Those plants are, are plants that my wife and I picked up. Uh, when we were staying at my parents for a few months while we were waiting for our house to close. And we were walking down Rupert Street, and there was a sign that said, free plants. So we grabbed two. This is just this last summer, and it's amazing that they're still green there. Uh, we picked them up. Now, here's my confession. I suck at plants. I suck at plants. <laughs> I'm not good, good at growing them. In fact, if you zoom in to that one little plant there on the left, I'll show you the, the picture. Look at that. That's gross. That is mold on the soil. At least that's what the internet tells me. I don't really know. Apparently, you can scoop off the mold, and you can sprinkle some cinnamon on there, and apparently it's supposed to solve the problem. But again, uh, I haven't scooped any mold yet, and I haven't sprinkled any cinnamon. Um, actually, to be honest, I don't even know who's watering these. My wife was away this last week, and I don't know who's supposed to be watering these things. So apologies to my mom, who I know is watching online. She's a great gardener, and all those gardeners here are online uh, who are good at this. My, my parents actually, they managed to grow green peppers in Thunder Bay, which is quite incredible. Unfortunately, their gardening sparts, I think, only went to my sister and my brother, not to me. So I, I got none of that. So all I'm about to tell you about vines and vineyards does not come from any personal experience, except for if uh, you call experience as me eating grapes or drinking juice or, you know, drinking some grape juice that's been around for a while, then, then maybe I have some experience. But I have to say up front that really my confession is I suck at plants. And I had to research this message probably more than normal just to understand this metaphor of I am the vine today. So 
This is our passage. It comes from John 15. And again, it's the words of Jesus. If this is in a Bible that has red letters, the whole thing would be pretty much red letters because it's Jesus speaking. So here it is from the first verse to the 17th verse. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that I'll be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Uh, Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in the name of the, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this time where we can pause and reflect and and thank you for the friendship that we can have with you. Help us consider what it means to be connected to you and what it means to remain and, and the joy that you have for us. Would you silence all the distractions so we can hear from your word today? Would you open your word to us and also open our hearts to you? In your name, Jesus, amen. Now, if you remember Melissa's message last week, she shared how Jesus' I am statements of the way, the truth, and life come in context of this kind of crazy family meal where Jesus kind of points out that Judas is going to betray him and, and Peter's going to deny him three times. And then, then that text that Melissa shared last week, that comes up right after that. And this comes up right after that. So same context, just after that family meal. And the disciples who have been with Jesus, they've, they've eaten with him, they've traveled with him, and they've lived with him for three years. And here Jesus is coming to the end of his I am statements. John records this, and it's curiously, I am the vine. I am the vine. Why would Jesus finish his statements about himself with this one? I am the vine. Well, here's the interesting part. I think this message of I am the vine, Jesus has been preaching the whole way through to his disciples. And actually, as we follow along in the scriptures, it's central to his message for us as well. It's about his good news. It's about his life for us. This message here unlocks what it says in John 10, John 10, 10 where Jesus says, I, I've come to give life and life to the full. It's that full life that is talked about in this metaphor of the vine. <clears throat> so to understand better, 
this metaphor, we kind of need to unpack what exactly it means. So let's walk through this, and we'll break it down. In the metaphor Jesus gives, he is the vine, and his father is the gardener, or another version says his father is a vine dresser. Now, that word might be a little weird to you, but we'll, we'll get to that. His disciples, or us, are the branches connected to the vine. It says curious, kind of curiously at the beginning of the metaphor, talking about the branches, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. What he is saying is that we become part of the vine at the moment we receive and believe in Jesus and invite him to be the caretaker of our life. Over the next number of weeks, we'll be hearing about this message of receiving Jesus and the message about, about Easter, about his death and resurrection. And we're going to start that actually this Wednesday with our Ash Wednesday service. And I know Jay's already mentioned it uh, up front here, and you've seen it online as well. Uh, but I would encourage you that this kind of service, an Ash Wednesday service, might be a little bit different than you're used to. And I'd, I'd encourage you to come out and check it out and be a part of that experience. So when we receive Jesus and believe what he did in this sacrifice of love for us, we become branches in this, in this metaphor. We are made clean. That's where it begins. That's where it starts. It continues from there. But often, people just stop there. They don't continue. They're like, yes, I'm clean. I'm part of the vine. I'm going to heaven. And then they don't continue on in this metaphor. But I think the full life that Jesus has for us is found in these, in these words and in Jesus' heart for us. Jesus has for us in the rest of this metaphor what he talks about the fruit. So, so what is the fruit? The fruit is the outcome of remaining in Jesus. And I realize that doesn't quite unpack it all, so we're going to do that as we go along. We're going to talk about the fruit, and especially this idea of remaining, or other versions say abiding in Jesus. Now, as I confessed earlier, my understanding of plants is subpar. <laughs> and it doesn't come from personal experience, except for the juice drinking part. On, on the vast world of the internet, I did my research, and I found a guy in the southern states named Francisco Nunez. And here he is, Here's Francisco. He is a vine dresser. Now, as I was talking about this message this week with my friend Sean, our worship uh, pastor up here, uh, he was like, what's a vine dresser? Is that like a guy who goes out and puts like little clothes and skirts and stuff on vines and draws pictures? No, that's not a vine dresser. Uh, a vine dresser is uh, somebody who cares for the vine so that it can grow fruit. And apparently, it's not easy work. There needs to be an accurate balance of water, sunlight, spacing of vines, cutting or pruning for optimal fruit bearing, protecting from pests, all that kind of stuff. So thank you, Francisco, for your unknown contribution to my message this week. I learned lots from you. Uh, from Francisco and from Jesus, here's what I think you should be hearing in these statements that Jesus has, I am the vine. And I'm going to start off, I know we've been saying these I am statements of who Jesus is, but I want us to say some I am statements of ourselves today. And so I'm going to say this quite frequently. I'm going to say, I am a branch. And, and actually, I want to get you to say that. So uh, right beside, with the person beside you, I want you to say, turn to them and say, I am a branch. <laughs> nice. I'm ready. Just say it. I know it feels weird. What does that mean? I don't know. You'll, well, I do know. I'll tell you. But I'm going to get you to, to say that a few times as we go through. So I am a branch. And if you're, if you're on, on, online, feel free to type in the chat or say it to someone in your house, and they'll think you're weird because they don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. Um, I am a branch grafted to Jesus. I'm a, a branch grafted to Jesus. Melissa, last week, 
she spoke about the way, the truth, and the life. And when she spoke about the life part, she talked about this hope that this world has without hope. We start where she left off. The source of our hope, the source of life itself, life and life to the full, is Jesus. If we were to find that life that we've hoped for, it starts with that connection to Jesus. When we start our journey in connection with Jesus, and, and some of you may be just starting that journey this year, it tells us later in the book of Romans, uh, using a, another gardening metaphor, that we are grafted in. Francisco, my friend, in his video, talks about the vines he grows and how they all originate in Europe. Even though he grows them in America, and in order for them to grow where he is, they, they can't just be transplanted from Europe to America. Because in American soil, there's disease and pests that are not present in Europe. Actually, Spanish missionaries, when they first came to North America, tried to plant European vines. And uh, all the plants did not survive. They died because their plants were not used to the soil. So here we see uh, a picture of an actual North American root uh, grafted, uh, foreign vines are grafted onto them. So they're literally growing off the North American root that's used to the soil. You can see it at the bottom part is the rootstock from North America, and the green part is, is the European vine grafted on. So just like that, when we receive the message and person of Jesus, we are made clean, as he says in that passage. We now have the opportunity for that life. We have the opportunity to bear fruit when we are grafted in. Some here have, have just been grafted in and, and learning how to live in this new soil. Others have been grafted in for a while and have learned to grow over time. The end goal of a branch is that we would bear fruit as the vine gives us life. But how do we do that? How do we bear fruit? Well, let's start with a caution label. And again, I want you to say this. We're going to uh, say it all together this time. I am a branch. I'll try it again. I am a branch. Yeah, okay, we'll get better at it. I am a branch pruned by the Father. I'm a branch pruned by the Father. The authentic life, the real life of G that, with Jesus, doesn't come without challenge. It comes with pruning. Right up at the beginning of the passage, it talks about the pruning and the vine dresser. We are made clean. We are part of the vine. That's an immediate thing. But by being attached, grafted to the vine, we are choosing to live the way of the vine. We might look at other vines, other ways of doing things that are different than Jesus and want to jump ship to another vine because it seems like it might be easier. But the truth is, real life is not found in other vines. This last couple of years in COVID have maybe been tough, uh, well, I think tough for most people. Our family particularly has gone through a great struggle and I would say there's been pruning definitely happening in me and my family. There have been many times in the last two years that I've looked around at different vines and said, maybe I should jump ship over there, uh, but then realized that the way of Jesus, although I don't always follow it perfectly, is the best way in the way of uh, true life. I've chosen to stay on his vine. I'm seeing a transformation in me and in my family, and, and I'm grateful for how God has moved us across the country and brought us to follow his way right here. So two, two years ago, had you told me that the process I would go through and our family would go through where we would go, how we would get there, etc., I wouldn't have believed you, and I might not have wanted to go through it, through the pain, or even worse, and if you're a parent, you can understand this, I probably 
who didn't want to watch my family go through that pain. But I'm not a vine dresser. I don't know where to cut. Actually, I prefer if he just kind of leave me alone and not cut anything. Uh, but that's, that's not how we see the results of fruit. And the fruit that has borne in these last two years, I believe, you know, God is at work in me. And he actually knows what he's doing. And I'm grateful for it. So what about you? Have you experienced pruning, challenge, adversity, God at work in your life? Maybe you're in the middle of it right now. Sometimes it's hard to see the fruit in the midst of the pruning. I want to say, trust me, even more, trust Jesus in what he says. As you look at your life, what do you think the Father may want to prune in you? Do you need some pruning to happen? So great, Joel, great message, pruning, challenge, hardship, appreciate it. (laughs) How do I get through it? How do we? As branches, we do it by remaining, staying, abiding in the vine. So again, this time with the, the statement, I am a branch, you don't have to say anything. You just need to turn to the person, maybe at home online, you can type it in. And just, you don't have to speak under your mask. You can just kind of mouth the words and give a nod. I am the branch. Yeah, go ahead. You guys aren't turning. Turn to each other. Come on. (laughs) I am the branch. (laughs) There we go. That's better. I appreciate your responsiveness. One more time's coming, just so you know, and we'll do it all together. I I am a branch remaining in Jesus. I'm a branch remaining in Jesus. I recently listened to a, uh, a book by a guy named John Mark Comer. He was a pastor, and he's an author, and is initiating a spiritual formation movement called Practicing the Way. Actually, as we launch our Young Adults program tonight, one of the group tracks that that I'm hoping we'll we'll take part in and journey together is going through his his book and spiritual practice in in his book, The Ruthless, Ruthless and Elimination of Hurry. And in this book, he says that the West has twin gods, small g, gods, accomplishment and accumulation. We often miss out on this full life in Jesus because we simply don't know how to be or how to remain in Jesus. Or other translations say abide in Jesus. We look over at the vines or maybe the social media stories of everyone else in the world who are talking about the stuff they have or the accomplishments they've achieved, and we assume that those vines are giving them life. The reason that Comer calls accomplishment and accumulation little g gods is that they're false gods. They don't actually provide us life and life to the full. They are vines that empty us, dry us up, stress us out, ready for cutting and being thrown in the fire. That's what those vines are for. The vines of accomplishment and accumulation are not a source of life and definitely not the source of life that produces the real fruit that Jesus calls us to. The metaphor of the vine, the branch, and and the fruit is actually brilliant because the branch does absolutely nothing except remains connected to the vine. And it's crazy. Fruit just grows. Like, it, it grows on there one year, we pick it off, we eat it, and then next year comes around, it grows again. It's like, it's a miracle every single year. The branch, what did it do? It did nothing. It just underwent some, some pruning by the vine dresser, but it just remained. And that's what we're called to do, to remain. We're not meant to do, do, do. Another pastor of a church called Saddleback and author of Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren, he said this, we are human beings, not human doings. Human beings, not human doings. 
Jesus said the same thing, just simpler. Remain in me. Remain in me. Be, not do. So, so what does remaining look like? Ultimately, I believe it's a friendship. I think this word remain or abide in the scripture comes up about 11 times in the passage. Now, when you read something repeated over and over in scripture, it's an indication that that is important. So abiding and, and remaining is important. And now what is that? He gives the key right near the end. He says, uh, he says that we are friends to his disciples. He considers them, his disciples, not servants, but friends. Now, many of us need to hear this fairly strongly to wake us up. Jesus doesn't want just servants, just people who do things for him. He wants friends, people who are just with him. This truth literally woke me up a couple nights this week. I had two dreams, very similar in nature, where I showed up somewhere in my dream and I wasn't ready for, for what I was supposed to do. The last one I had, I showed up at, at a church or a conference and I was supposed to bring the message. I was a speaker. And uh, I wasn't ready. I, I didn't know where my notes were. And so in my dream, the guy who was hosting me, I said, hey, I forgot my notes at home. How long till I, I go on? Can I go drive home and get them? And the guy said to me, no, you're, you're on in 10 minutes. And then I woke up out of my dream in a panic and almost sweating. <laughs> and that was 5 a.m. in the morning. For all those psychologists out there who are analyzing me right now, um, or want to be psychologists, there were at least two th things going on, maybe more. Number one, this particular week, my wife Michelle has been away on a much-needed break. So on top of taking care of the kids without her, I also had a bunch of other extra duties, some self-induced, which I often do. And um, I don't know how, if you noticed this this week, but there was a lot of snow as well. <laughs> I did a lot of shoveling this week. I digress. I, I realized that my fear that was going on inside me about trying to juggle all of these balls, trying to uh, basically not disappoint anyone with all these things I was trying to do, that that was seeping its way into my dreams. First realization. Second realization, even more significant, I, I think, is I believe that God was trying to speak to me at 5 a.m. He had me read over this passage that we're looking at today. Not for a great sermon illustration, but because he's my friend and he loves me. He wanted to remind me that all these important things, all my have-to-dos, are not so important in light of relationship. Friendship with him and relationship with everybody else in my life, that's what's important. He also told me in that time that he loved me, that I was enough. He opened my eyes and reminded me of his way. I didn't have to do anything, and he loves me. And I don't know if, you if you're here today and that's the message you need to hear. But you don't have to do anything, and he loves you. Jesus is calling me, and he's calling you to friendship with him. You want to hear another confession today? That's right. There you go. Two confessions the same day. It's like we have this classic, you know, confessional booth, except you're on the minister's side listening to me, and I'm, like, confessing to you. It's awesome. It's great. Here's my confession. But it could be a confession for many introverts. Ready for it? At times, I suck at friendship. I suck at friendship. True story. Friends text me, and there are moments in my life where it takes the repeated prompting of my wife, Michelle, who's an extrovert, uh, days after a text where she strategically guilts me into texting the person back. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, you think I'm joking? Here's exhibit A. This is my friend, Adrian. 
in a text he sent me on February 2nd. You can read it there. I blocked out some stuff. But we used to hang out with Adrian and his family when we lived in Edmonton. And we would have meals together. I'd have coffee just with Adrian as well. And our kids would play together. We had a great friendship. And we were in a small group together. Um, Adrian texted me on February 2nd. And then almost two weeks later, you can see in this next slide, there's my text back, February 15th. I texted him back. So um, if you're still waiting for a text from me, just wait two weeks, you're good. But in all seriousness, it's not that I don't need friendship. It's not that I don't like people. I'm a pastor. Of course I like people, right? Most people. Uh, it's that I'm not good at the friend stuff that comes so easily to some others uh, sometimes. You, you know what I am good at with my friends? I'm good at helping. So you've got some technical thing to solve, I'm your guy. You want to build something? I love building things. You want me to shovel snow for you? Sure, I've done lots of it this week and I'd gladly do some more. Count me in. But maybe you realize, and I think I realize too, that what I just, just described is not a full picture of friendship. If, if that is what uh, I'm doing for you, at best, I'm your worker. <laughs> at worst, I'm your servant or your slave. <laughs> if we never sit down and, and hang out together, and play together, and, and talk together, create memories, enjoy each other's company, or maybe if we don't text back and forth, we're not really being friends. In the same regard, you might really be really good at serving Jesus, doing things for him, but you simply don't know how to have a, a friendship with Jesus and what that actually looks like. Some have only been part of the vine for a short time and are just learning what it means with, uh, to have a friendship with Jesus. Some may struggle even with the friendship with Jesus, like my text with Adrian, long gaps of communication in between. And there are others who this friendship comes just so natural with Jesus. The communication is almost unbroken throughout the day. Maybe you're even talking with him right now. I'm not going to prescribe for you how many minutes or hours you should spend with Jesus. Just like if you're a parent, I'm not going to prescribe how long you should spend focused with your kids. But here's what I will say. Put aside the important to-dos in order to be with him, to cultivate a friendship with the king of the universe. Be the branch, connect to the vine. Now, if you're like, if you're like yes and amen to that, but then the next second you're like, but how do I do that? Well, start simple. Pick a time each day and block it off. Here are a few suggestions for how you could connect with Jesus in that time. Pray. And when I say pray, I mean, whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're concerned about, bring those to Jesus. And then Give some space, maybe three to five minutes, where you just listen quietly in silence. Now, silence may be a foreign thing in your life, but just listen in silence and see what Jesus might say to you, what he wants to tell you about what's going on. If you've never done that before, it might feel a little strange, but keep doing it. Often in those times, I hear him say things like I shared today, that he loves me, that I'm enough. And at times, he even helps me kind of realign my thinking and feeling about what I'm going through. And I'd encourage you to read about Jesus. Start in one of the biographies of this one today was, is John, the book of John in the Bible. There's also Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Start there. And if it helps, write down what you prayed about, what you maybe heard from God, or, or what you're learning. All of what I just described to you could take 15 minutes or more. It could take half an hour. Or it could grow as, as you do it. But as you keep doing it, I believe that you'll be surprised how that time will spill into how you live the rest of your day and how 
Jesus continues to grow that friendship with you. So if you look at the life of Jesus, the life that his disciples would have watched for three years, he models this perfectly. You would see that he was in a series of, of relationships when, that he was fully present in. And then when he wasn't with people, he was with the Father, or he was sleeping. But he didn't seem to sleep very much because he was often with people or with the Father. And really, as we remain with Jesus, have friendship with him, we produce fruit, and that fruit is ultimately love. So we're going to say this again one more time together. You guys ready? I am a branch. I realize there's, there's no lead-in to that. So kind of like all land. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I am a branch producing the fruit of love. The result of our relationship with Jesus, of spending time with him, is we are filled with his love and we can't help ourselves. We're just as compelled to love others. Our perspective changes. Jesus says very clearly in this passage, the fruit of remaining in him is us loving each other. For me this last week, when I had that 5 a.m. experience of the dream and then God speaking to me as love, that was transformative of me, not just for me personally, but Jesus realigned my priority again. He reminded me that my have-tos weren't as important as the relationship, relationships right in front of me. Now, as I was single dadding it this week and trying to hold up a bunch of tasks and expectations that I had, some of them I placed on myself, the mercy of Jesus of realigning my priority was so needed in my life. I felt like he was leading me and even giving me the strength and the will to love my kids in the morning. Any parent who has young kids in school knows the challenge of the morning. Wake up, breakfast, lunches in bags, make sure they have clean masks. Thank you, COVID, for that. Winter clothes on, and, and all the time to make the bus, unless the bus is canceled because it's too cold in Thunder Bay, um, which happened this week. The simple realignment for me that Jesus did was he allowed me to see my kids, actually see them, hug them, love them, hear where they were at in the morning, be present in a relationship with them, instead of seeing them as two tasks to get out the door. That was a huge change for me. Not just kids if you have them, but your family members or your friends or your coworkers, your neighbors. How is Jesus producing the fruit of love in you? Do you see it? Do, you, do they see it? Jesus left us a great example to follow, and he made it super simple, but it's so profound. Love God, love people. It all can be summed up in that. Be the branch, remain in the vine. Produce the fruit of love. Let's respond to Jesus in prayer together. Father God, thank you for sending us your son, Jesus, to graft us into his family and into the life and life to the full that you offer. Thank you, even though we don't like it all the time, for your pruning, your transformation of us through challenge and adversity and the work of the Spirit in us. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us, for showing that you love us by dying on a cross and rising again, giving us the potential to have that connection, being, making us clean. Thank you for your friendship, would you help us remain in you and have that friendship? And then out of that, would you teach us and show us how to love others? And would they see the glory of your fruit in us, that you working in us and look to you? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.